0: What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 15 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And joining us this week, another member of the Loot POTS team, Mr. Max Wright. Hello. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show, Max. Thank
1: you. I uh, was, was wanted to, to be on this, that's so good.
0: So, on this week's show, we're talking about what we've been playing this week, catching you up on last week's news, and diving into the Nintendo indie highlights. So, Max you're here it's your first episode how does it feel
1: feels good it feels welcome um it feels nice to be a part of something important in my life for once so it's good
0: you've got some big shoes to fill man i mean pixel you know i don't know steve and i went away for a week i guess he's mad at us <laughs> i mean this is the second week in a row that he's bailed out on the show so
1: i wish i had the breadth of knowledge that he does <laughs>
0: I I mean, I think, at the very least, you can try to fulfill his role as sarcastic straight man, you know?
1: I can probably do that. I mean, I said, like, no, I
2: definitely can't do that. You know, is that is that right? <laughs> there we go. You know, half the time, I only ever hear the jokes when I'm editing the show or when I listen to it back. He says them so quietly <laughs> and just so under his breath. Like he'll just say something and then you hear it back and it's absolutely hilarious, but you I just always completely miss it when we're recording it. I feel quite bad, but it it comes across really well as if like we're just ignoring his jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes aren't for you, the jokes are for the listeners. Like why should you be Exactly
0: I think let's be real, the jokes are for him. They're
2: not for <laughs> any of us. <laughs> it's his way of being sane, I mean, can you imagine recording a podcast with us too every week? <laughs> It wouldn't end from the sounds of it. No, well, last last week's show almost didn't end. We got off. We got off. Not last week. The week before. We got off recording, and then we were we carried on talking. I swear, for like another hour, just about books and all sorts of stuff. It was like stuff. two hours, man. It was. Like... Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that was when we we developed what will be our next podcast, podcast after dark. The fans have already requested it. There's a petition going around. I got a gif with a raccoon sent to me. People are they're about it. Oh, man. But I'm gonna try to keep the show on the rails this week. Which good luck to me. But uh, we're gonna kick things off by talking about what we've been playing this week. Max, since you are a guest, I'm interested in hearing uh, what you've been playing. Oh wow,
1: okay. Um, so this week I've been playing two games, really. Uh, Minute, which I know you you've played, Pete. I don't know if you have, Steve.
2: I haven't. It's it's on my list from the Christmas show, oh, and okay. I was yeah, raving yeah. about it.
0: Yeah, he gave it one of his top ten spots of the year, and that was actually what motivated me to play it. Um, I think if you're a regular listener of the show, you'll know that we missed last week because both Steve and I were away, and uh, I got a chance to play it over my vacation, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm. What do you think about it, Max?
1: I uh, yeah, I really liked it. Like I, the first thing that sort of got to me was just the whole like dying every minute. I was like, there's no way that you can you know get far enough in the game just on this minute. And then when they add the other houses in, and um, you know it all starts to come together, and it was the the, the puzzles as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. The music was really good, but I think it was just the way that they used that minute that you can um, spread out. Basically, it's, it's it's sort of now Steve's going to absolutely hate that I say this. It kind of reminded me of a way in like a Metroidvania, purely <laughs> because not because it's actually a Metroidvania, but the way that like the map expands as you play it because you're collecting things and doing things, and you, as you get an right. item, the map gets bigger and bigger, but you're still within the confines of the the one minute. You know, the one the one minute to play it. In. Before you die, and I feel like it, it definitely does have elements of a Metroidvania because,
0: like, you you definitely are kind of required to do some backtracking and stuff like that. Like as you unlock new abilities or find new items and kind of start to understand the flow of the game better. Yeah, that was, I think, the thing that was most interesting to me was obviously the whole one minute thing is a really like interesting hook. But I feel like once you Really start to understand the flow of the game and how your actions, like which actions affect the world, and like what's going to be reset every time. Like you start getting in this really fun rhythm with it. Where I don't know, it it just it has a much a much different pacing than like any other game I've ever played.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean the fact there are puzzles within puzzles as well. I really like. Like you could find an item, go into one area do a puzzle or, or in a little cave and then you go back later and suddenly you can you know swim across a lake that you saw before and there's a separate puzzle inside there and the the, the whole sort of minute confine thing like you said it had an interesting pacing because you could spend that entire minute just walking in a direction hoping you come across something but actually that minute could also be spent like quickly doing something attempting something five or six times because you know you can do it in that minute you just need to shave seconds off your time um i think i finished it in about one hour 40 i think i remember it um it being yeah i think i think
0: my final clock was about an hour and a half yeah so that's probably right what
1: percentage did you get
0: I think I, it was it was lower than I thought. It was only like 50 something, like 58 maybe.
1: Oh, scrub.
0: Wow, all right,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> the percentage is items you collect. So there are like uh, coins to collect, there are items that you can find.
2: So it's not like unlocking the map or unlocking areas. It's There literally is just...
1: a section for unlocking the map. There's sort of a. There's like a little room, no spoilers, that tells you uh, what you found. Uh, like how what many... your
0: overall progress is, yeah, basically. Yeah, pretty okay. much.
1: Yeah, yeah so I did 71% so I'm assuming that that is the of the coins in the game and the the coins I thought were quite interesting little puzzles like there's one that requires you to do the same thing sort of 10 times in a row every you know every time you die you do the same thing 10 times and then you get a coin from it
2: Uh, so they're more like achievements rather than like the strawberries and Celeste they're not coins you go to an area to get it's you do a task and they'll award you with a coin yeah yeah Yeah. and then you spend the coins and
0: sometimes it's sometimes it's really simple like just understanding how you can interact with the world yeah Like, um, like the first one and this is a mild spoiler but like it's the very very beginning of the game like you have a farm near your house and when you get the watering can you can like water a flower three times in a row and then you get a you get a coin.
2: What was that game way back on the Xbox three sixty you just had to press a button like a hundred times and they would give you they would give you like a platinum achievement or whatever it was. Oh it was like Avatar it was uh, Avatar. I yeah. was going to say,
0: is that the Avatar game? Because yeah, I'm pretty sure The Avatar game <laughs> yeah.
2: had like just so
1: much gamer score. Like, my friends, I think three of my friends all bought Avatar when it came out on Xbox 360 just so they could play through the whole game because they were in like, a competition for gamer score and that was just like yeah. free gamer score for them.
0: I remember those days well.
1: <laughs> just desperately trying to be like, oh, how was he... How is he a thousand over me i better go and buy i don't know some game i don't My care thing about was i
0: refused to buy terrible games to do that like i was <laughs> only like i'm gonna just 100 percent good games and that took forever so i was
2: not high you and you and pixel Pete have spoken about it before whether it was on the show or whether it was off the show about how like you you got 99 percent in spider-man or whatever and you need to go back and you need to find the last thing <sighs> i have never ever ever got into the mentality of being a completionist in a, in a game i've never ever completed a pokedex i've never got all of the collectibles in mario 64 or anything like that i just i can't do it i get to a certain point in a game and i'm just like i'm done with this and i walk away from it
0: that's what happens to me with most games like uh i wanted to platinum horizon zero dawn when it came out because i loved it so much and i just burnt out on getting the platinum but like spider-man i know i'll go back and do because i'm literally one
1: achievement away from it or trophy. if the platinum is achievable which it is in Spider Man, it's like it's so easy to do. But there are games like Like Horizon that, that are probably quite hard because there's probably like really difficult challenges to do. But Steve, I've actually got. A, have you never hundred percented a game?
2: Um, I, mean, I don't know that I've never hundred percented a game, but I've never tracked the achievements. Sounds You never like did it on
0: purpose. You've never. No I've, ne- it. I've,
2: no, I've never purposefully got out my my checklist and <laughs> made sure I got every little thing. You haven't lived, man. You haven't lived. I just I don't see the point. <laughs> I just don't see the point of it. I just, I cannot see any satisfaction Honestly,
0: in it. like, I think I think it all comes down to just, like, bragging right? It's Like, it's a yeah, badge of honour.
2: It is. But like, I could have easily done it in Shenmue 2 when they, Shenmue, when they re-released it last year. But I only checked the achievement list after I'd, like, finished the game. And one of the achievements oh, right. is, like, right at the beginning. I'm just like, I'm not going to go back and play through that just to get it. Right. I, I really can be bothered with that. I've never got all the achievements in a game, like, on Steam or on Xbox.
1: I've never done that. But I have on I don't know most of my switch games got 100 percent completion just like all the metrovanias i've done um games where i'm like oh this i could do this and i'll just do it. i've got a spreadsheet at work of the 100 percent that i've got
2: see wow. it's yeah. the spreadsheets that's I what i, I mean i'm not into that. that yeah i don't want to be doing work when i'm playing games I'm i don't gonna, want I'm, i need to close excel and walk away <laughs> i'm going to delete the spreadsheet <laughs> there's no work involved it's just
1: a handy place to keep it so my boss doesn't see that i'm not doing work Here's my question for you, Max. Mm -hmm. Are you going to 100% the other game on your list this week, Transistor? That is a very interesting question because I have no idea what what collectibles are at the moment. I've, I've played about two and a half hours of it, I'd say, and I am really, really, really enjoying it. It reminds me a lot of Bastion, which is also on Nintendo Switch, which I haven't bought yet but have completed previously
0: isn't that the same same developer? developer
1: yeah same developer it's the same musician so it's got the same sort of musician same composer so it's got the same musical style um it's got sort of the the lyrics in it it's got the same narrator so there's a lot of elements of bastion that tr- you know, transition ooh, over into transistor but it's very different in the gameplay like bastion was very sort of almost like a top-down you know you, you if i remember it right there was like a bow and arrow and there was a, a, a you know series of weapons and hammers and things like that and you just move through levels linearly whereas this has like more strategy elements to it so each of your buttons has a different attack and then you modify said attack by using other attacks because each attack will have like a an, a main attack and like a sub attack the sub attack cannot modify other attacks if that makes any sense and then you sort of you press zr to go into like a, a strategy mode where you'll have like a timer bar and then you can go from a to b do an attack move do an attack and then you sort of press zl and then it just does it all in like one smooth
2: motion.
0: Okay.
1: If
2: also, real quick for
1: for our
0: North American listeners, Z means Z.
2: Oh, uh, good. No, not North American, just American. Yeah. The rest of North America says Z. Oh, well,
0: whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> did I? I don't know. Is it
1: or Yeah, no, yeah. Z is Z is incorrect. Z R is, is What did I say? It is <laughs> what did I say? You said Z R. Now I'm thinking about it. You
2: just I just can't think what it is. <laughs> You've broken right. my brain. Pete usually says Pete, Pete usually says R2, oh, so it's fine. R2. <laughs> That's true. I do L two and R2. Do you say A to mean B as well? X. Cross. That's cross, isn't it? Uh yeah, I mean uh, the super giant games are the ones that fascin- fascinate me. I played some Bastion on the um on the Vita. Transistors one on my list that I need to go I I do want to go play. They've just brought out Hades on mm. the Epic Game Store as as early access. Right. Presumably, that's going to be coming to the Switch. So, if they're bringing all their other games, so
1: yeah, compared to Pyre. so Pyre was their third game, which is wildly different to transistor and bastion who are mm-hmm. very, very similar games and then hades looks a lot more in the vein of the
2: first two games yeah it's a return to kind of bastion i think
1: Their classic style yeah i'm not sure if it's got sort of darren called back for the music i'm not sure if it's going to have the, the cool narrator because i haven't actually looked
2: into it too much i'll wait for it to come to switch otherwise i'm not interested as, as far as i'm aware it's the same person that did the music and the narration
1: oh good i'll sit. okay good because i have it sounds
2: the... very different because he sounded very different in the first two games
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i've listened to the Bastion soundtrack many times, and I'll probably listen to the Transistor soundtrack a lot of times, because it's, it's really good, and it's got you know, really nice, um, it's, it's sort of woven into the theme of the game, which is quite nice.
2: Well, this week, I've been playing the game with the most memorable title, new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe the Nintendo Is, is Switch.
0: this a Capcom game? I, I think <laughs> you know? so,
2: yeah. Super Turbo Championship Edition. <laughs> I presume both of you
1: play this on the Wii U. I did, yes. I, I, yeah, not for long. I'm, I'm gonna come out and say it now. I, I do not like 2D Mario games. What? Uh, sorry, I do not. I do not. Sorry, no, no. Sorry, let me correct myself. I do not like <laughs> the new Super Mario Bros. games. Okay,
0: all right, that's okay, that's that's a, that that's a way more acceptable opinion. Sorry,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I know yeah, like, I just are you going to
0: sit what what here? You're going to you sit here on my podcast and tell me you don't like <laughs> Super Mario Brothers? We got a problem.
2: I'm really sorry that came out wrong. <laughs> you're me. damn right, it did. I. It's Freudian slip. I um I kind of I kind of agree with Max a little bit. I way prefer the 3D Mario's, but the 2D Mario's are are fine. I don't get as much enjoyment out of them. I don't find them as interesting. It's kind of a. A done thing you know what's going to happen you know yeah. it's not there's not really any room for them to explore like they did with Mario Odyssey you're, kill- you're killing me I mean they added Pete Chet they added Pete Chet into it for the deluxe edition Pixel and that, that come back <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it I'm playing it on easy mode I'm playing as, as my girl Toadette I'm glad that she's the easy mode because I'm terrible at this game mm-hmm. I have no idea how fucking hard 2D Mario games yeah, were yeah they're, they're, they're hard tough, they're, they're but it's not it's so not fun hard
0: they're not like they're not hard as far as platformers go, but like it's, if you're yeah. if you're used to like the three d stuff then yeah like two d Mario yeah. is definitely more challenging it's, I mean it's not
2: celeste level where no. I'm like wanting to throw it across the screen because I couldn't get a strawberry, but it's not it's not easy, and I died, and it like takes you all the way back to the beginning of the map, which was kind of which was kind of annoying, but then as you kind of progress further through, you can like jump to specific sections and and things like that which is which is quite cool. I do like the the little toad, little shop slash mini games uh-huh. where it gets you to like do different things as you as you wander around, and visually it looks really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I've only just made it into the sandy area, okay. so I think I've got like three or four more areas to go, and then I've, on top of that, I've got new Super Luigi bro whatever the whatever the hell they <laughs> yeah. decided to call that i've got the, yeah, I've luigi. Got the luigi variant afterwards if i want to play that yeah. luigi bros
0: i never touched any of the luigi content so that's one of the things that's been kind of making me want to go back to it but i just don't know if i'm gonna find the time i've been playing a lot of games lately yeah
2: i i don't i don't think it would be one i would go back to if i'd finished it yeah. i don't think i'd have i, I would buy it again. Yeah.
0: And it's also like Kingdom Hearts comes out next week. It's like I'm about to fall down that rabbit hole.
1: There's there are better things to play.
2: So you know so you're gonna have nothing to talk about <laughs> on the show again for the next like three months. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a Red Dead Redemption. Spider Man all over
1: again, yeah. <laughs> the thing about um New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe let me say that again. New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe is you said about Celeste, like it's not it's hard, but it's not Celeste hardware, you're sort of constantly mm-hmm. trying to do better. It's also not as fun hard and rewarding hard and interesting hard as uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze.
2: I haven't played that. That's It was on my list to play.
1: That is a mistake.
2: I don't know. Where, maybe it came out when there was a time when there was other games. Or yeah, it was February. There were no too. other
1: games. <laughs> what other games were there to play in February of 2018?
2: I don't know, but I'm coming up to February, I've got so much to play in February 2019. This year, I've got Smash Brothers. I'm playing. I've got Moonlight. I'm playing. Over on other consoles, I've got um assassins creed and red dead that i'm playing resident evil 2 is coming out there's so much stuff it's like where do you find the time to fit it all in so you have to prioritize which i just i don't know i just never got around to playing tropical freeze it honestly it's it's one of my favorite switch games
1: it was one of my favorite it was my favorite wii U game i think thinking back like it's it's just i went on a small twitter page about it in the week about how just perfect it is and how severely underrated it is compared to something like Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, which I think on the Wii U version got really good sort of like nine reviews. And then I remember Donkey Kong Country getting its first go on the Wii U getting sixes and sevens and GameSpot gave it a six. I think that's so undeserved. But that's just that's just me. And I think you both should play I think Pete, you say you own it? or you?
0: I do own it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would recommend, I'd seriously recommend giving it a go. It's it's really like, it's it, it's just like really good. I mean, it's Retro Game, uh, Retro studio, sorry. And they're really one of my favorite developers. And it's just every single level tells a story. Every single, you know, level's unique. And you never sort of see the same content over and over again, which I feel like with the Mario games, there's always sort of like the, the stock worlds. If You know what I mean? Oh my, all
0: right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm putting a cap on this conversation. Fine. I will not sit here and listen to that blaspheme.
2: I, I want to know, Pete, what quality content you've been consuming. Boy. Because, you know, I've heard there's this really good game that you reviewed for the website that I want to know all the I
0: swear to God, I have exclusively reviewed horrid games for this <laughs> website. You're just in the short
1: straw every time.
2: I've been so lucky. Every single one I've got since, since I started at Loopbox, so I've just been like, eh, this is all right, or wow, this is a good game i've not had any trash
0: (laughs) granted i only reviewed two games but they were both published by uh the chinese developer publisher coconut island games and man their games are bad lazy yeah they're they're lazy lazy ports like i if you go and read my review both of them uh called out the games for like being poor ports, you know, for yeah. having bad translations, for not optimizing themselves well for the Switch. Uh, and that's that's the problem with the game I played from then this time, which we didn't even name, uh, called Dying Reborn. And uh, it's a game that I truly cannot recommend anyone pay money for on Nintendo Switch.
1: I read the review and I, I was um, biting my th- my finger through it. Like, ah, this is awful. Like, I can't believe you had to put the time in to play it, review it, and, and all of this. And it's... I feel bad for you. I think there might also be a bit of a difference that um, Steve must be a massive optimist. And you're a massive pessimist.
0: I'm not, though. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I'm, I am so willing to give a game enough rope to hang itself. You know? Like, if you read my Shio review... All I want—that's like the <laughs> most what, optimistic sorry, statement you could <laughs> say. <laughs> <Freeze>. <laughs> I, listen, I call them like I see them, man. Because I went in with a positive attitude. Like I—I I want to like every game I'm gonna play. I don't want to invest hours into a game I don't want to play, and I don't mm-hmm. want to crap on things. If you listen to me on this show, I'm very high on most of the games that I play. But man, like so. The thing with Dying Reborn, right, is it is a, uh, a first-person adventure game with, like, point-and-click style adventure kind of, like, logic for the puzzles. And it's, it's like, essentially an escape room game. Every every level is you're in a different room, and you need to look around, find items, get clues, contextualize those clues, and solve puzzles or riddles. And the puzzle design is pretty... Is really good for the most part. Some of them are stupid hard. Like, if you're somebody who really likes a head-scratching puzzle game, there are some puzzles in this game that I don't know how you're supposed to have figured them out.
1: So it's unfair. It's unfairly hard.
0: Yeah, definitely hard. And, uh, I I... I called it out in my review, I don't remember the name of the, the website now, but I needed to use a guide to get through some of them, and that was when I actually realized how bad this port was. Because I was just kind of like, oh, I guess this is kind of a cheap game, and it's not that great. But, like, I looked at the PlayStation 4 version for the guide, and there's full voice acting, the animations are better, the models are better, the lighting's actually good.
1: They cut all the voice acting for the Switch version?
0: They cut all the voice acting, and wow. they touted it as a feature that it had wow. an all new, and all new story and yeah it does have an all new story that makes no sense <laughs> so <immersive laughs> but you just have to
2: read off the screen because they couldn't afford to read oh, the voices. God.
0: and the thing is is i'm pretty sure that the reason they did that was because they did a bad translation of it and it was like oh okay like we can justify the fact that it doesn't make any sense and that it's a bad translation if we call it a new story and we cut the voice acting that's
1: why it's a new story because they made it up as it went along
0: and that's the thing is it's not totally different. It's, like, there are things about it that are way different. Like, they added this weird backstory and, like, this very weird, like, sexual subplot. And it makes, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's, I walked away from it just being, like, like, it, it raises several threads that just go nowhere and get dropped.
2: Is there any redeeming aspects to it? The puzzles. Like the puzzles, the puzzles, but some of those aren't any good because you can't see the... Right. Like we spoke about on the last the last episode, some of the like things the lighting was broken, so you couldn't see to pick up an item yeah. or whatever. So, so there's really no reason to pick it up. No, it's not also... even like you're not even going to be look reading the story, and going this doesn't make any sense, but it's hilariously no. badly translated. No,
0: it's it's one of those things where like it was such a chore to get through it. Eventually, my my takeaway in my review was like, if you have ed- if you're at all interested in the premise, go play it on PlayStation Four
2: because
0: yeah. it's just mm-hmm. not good i can't speak to the steam version i haven't looked at the steam version it came out around the same time
2: it was presumably the same as the ps4 version i would
1: think uh but yeah i just there might be there might be a third story there might be like a third version of the story on steam exclusives on every every console
0: but yeah so i don't just don't don't play this game
1: i didn't know it existed until i saw you review it so that's really not hard for me to do
0: keep it off your radar (laughs)
2: so you played you played minute as well
0: i did play minute as well um which i already talked about so i'll I'll, you know save it for next week because i'm sure pixel's gonna want to talk to me about it
2: i really want to know about katamari yeah yeah
0: i played some katamari Damasi, brother and it is just as good as i remember it that game is a masterpiece Katamari it's is a so
2: masterpiece. It's so good. Did it ever come to Europe in regional release? No, it never, that's ever came I've to Europe. This it. is the first time it's come to Europe. That's why I've never played it. Okay.
1: Because when, when I first. I've been aware of it, obviously, because of Smash Brothers mostly, but never played it. And it's. Okay. okay I, I'm i an alien from a different world that's never heard of or played Katamari. Damacy, is it? Sorry? Describe it to me. Sell it to me.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> you know how, like, there are a lot of, like, Japanese games that just have, like, that weird zany like crazy game show aesthetic like that's hadamari in a nutshell like you play the prince of the cosmos so you're the son of this (laughs) giant flamboyant weird king man who ate all the stars in the sky, and is like, all right, son, it's your job to make all the stars again. So you... And you
2: know what? He, you can never, ever satisfy him either. It's always at the end, it's like, oh, it's all right, but, you know, we could have done a better job, yeah. or, oh, it's okay, <laughs> but you could have done better. Yeah. You're wider. the
0: prince, so you should have done better. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you, you have what's called a Katamari. It's a little ball, and all you do is you roll things up in it to make a star. So, like, you... In, on some levels, you start, and you're, like, as small as a thumbtack, and, you know, and you're just rolling up stuff around a house. And then the final level is, like, you're literally rolling up the entire planet, basically, and, like, rolling up entire cities and, you know, like, kaiju and all kinds of stuff. So it, it's, it's zany and ridiculous, but it's, like, classic arcade gameplay at its finest, where it's yeah. just, it's just about the gameplay and the art and the music, and all of those mm-hmm. things are fantastic.
1: I can officially say I would never, ever have guessed a single word that came out of your mouth. So that's thank you for confirming <laughs> that for me.
2: The music, especially, I'm just in love with. Yeah. I got, the, I got it on vinyl for Christmas. I, think, I've, I know I've told you, but oh my God. It's just so, so listenable. Yeah. And, and they're looping tracks, but they loop so seamlessly and they're so varied in the tracks in itself that each, each level has its own unique track and they're just so weird and I absolutely love it. I've noticed recently by, you know, playing a lot of um,
1: Japanese games at the start of the year, playing a lot of um, indie games recently as well, that Japanese composers, they just do just, something very, like, distinct about them, like playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2, playing Nier Automata, uh, playing Bayonetta. I don't know, it just seems to fall levels above what Western developers seem to want to do.
0: I feel like a lot of Western music, especially in modern games, a lot of it is uh, very, like, atmospheric. Like, it's very similar to, like, the kind of music that you see in movies now. It's a lot of, like, tones and, like, chords and, like, not, it's not as focused on, like, melody. And like, yes. I, and and creating like uh, a musical palette and an identity, you yes, know. I agree. And I think a lot of um, Japanese game uh, composers do still kind of adhere to that old school, like you know, the NES logic of like, oh, we've or Game Boy, right? We've got three channels, so we can't do something that's complex. You have to do something that's memorable, something that's good, something that's catchy, something that you don't mind listening to on a
1: loop. It's also yeah, the music will also seems to. In the examples that I gave, especially like tell a story more than like the music, like in the musicians, the Western game. sort of like. I mean, I'm thinking of like the AAA titles, you know, like the the Fallout's and yeah, the Sky Yeah, obviously, sure like indie games now yeah, 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 like you say about like um about it all being atmospheric, and yeah, I definitely agree with that. That that I mean, I'd, I'd like to play Katamari. You should I can't. I can't pronounce it, purely because, you know, what you've said, that sounds really weird, and I like weird. And also, if it's got a good soundtrack, I'm definitely involved.
2: Oh, the soundtrack's incredible. If
1: you if you want one song to sell you on the soundtrack, I would recommend listening
0: to the song Lonely Rolling Star.
2: Oh, okay. I, no, I don't want to know which one I like. I can't that's, remember the that's, names. That's my
0: favourite track from I'm the, the entire it. Katamari catalogue. Um, so... Go give that one a listen and then check it out. Uh, If you're like Max and you have no experience with Katamari before, both Steve and I would highly recommend it. So I, I hope you'll give it a shot. Uh, And then I did just have one more thing I wanted to call out before we jump into the news, which is I, uh, over my vacation, also read a little book called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by one Jason Schreier from Kotaku, Um, a.k.a. what an actual real video games journalist looks like, as I like to call him. Jason is a phenomenal writer and the best that there is at what he does, and uh, this book is, I think, probably his crowning achievement, I'd have to say. Like, it's... He's a great writer, and the stories that he was able to capture are fantastic. And even when he doesn't have as much access as he normally does, like in the Destiny chapter, he put boots to the ground and got the story. And, like, if you're somebody who cares about video games on a level beyond just playing them and enjoying playing them, I think this book is an absolute must-read. It, it – uh, it, it, I found it to be inspiring and also really enlightening to give me a much better idea of of some of the ins and outs of game development. And then as somebody who, like, has spent a lot of time trying to read about it and learn about it, like, I still learned a lot.
1: Does it cover um, a lot of what, like, his journalism covered, like... um... Because, I mean, I, I know nothing about... I know it exists. I know who Jason is. Um, I know he does a lot of, like, scoops. It's probably not the right word. he is. Uh, where he'll he'll sort of uncover something in, in a, a game developer that, that maybe has come from an insider source.
0: The entire thing is, like... Uh, <laughs> I think the tagline really sums it up. It's Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, the triumphant and turbulent stories of how video games are made. So it's it's okay. literally just, like, every chapter is a different game, and it's the story of how that game was developed. And what were the okay. challenges that it faced, or overcame, or didn't overcome? And
2: what was your favorite chapter?
0: I, I, I think the the chapters that stood out to me the most were probably Stardew Valley and yeah. Destiny.
2: No, I adored the Stardew chapter just because, my God, what a hero's girlfriend is!
0: Oh my God, yeah, yeah, like
2: absolute hero. I couldn't believe it when I read the story. I was just like, "Wow!"
0: With, without spoiling anything, Stardew Valley would not exist without uh without her contributions. So yeah, I I I couldn't recommend the book more highly. I I think it was a fantastic read. It's it's probably the best book I've read about video games since Console Wars. So uh, I I highly recommend it. And Steve was also obviously a fan. Um, so go go check it out. <laughs> Right, so uh, before we get into the indie highlights, which is obviously you know that's 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 the real the headline this week, uh, we're gonna catch up. On some of the big stories that happened last week while Steve and I were away, and uh, and you know we didn't get to touch on them. Um, so if you're a regular reader of the site, you probably already know this news. So um, you know if you want to skip ahead, go ahead. But uh, we're gonna dive into some of this stuff. So um, Giga Record Alt announced for Switch. It's gonna be having a limited physical run uh, coming as well. What do you guys think about this one? I, I had not I heard about this game until we wrote about it. Never,
2: so never. No, I I hadn't. I think it's wild that there's a Game Freak game that's not being published by Nintendo that's coming to the yeah, Switch, Tempo... and it was already available on other platforms. It seems. Yeah, it was on PS4. Absolutely, absolutely mad to me that this even this even exists. We never got Tembo
1: the Tembo the giant elephant. I can't remember what it is now, but we never got that game on anything it's Nintendo related, which is the the last Game Freak game that they did that wasn't Pokemon. Right.
0: it's just weird because that game, I feel like, similarly came out with, like, little conversation or fanfare around it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did this game come out and nobody was talking about it?
2: Oh, this is going to sound like hotcakes now. But interestingly, it's only getting a limited run physical release. They're not doing a full press release. It's being done by limited run games. Who's publishing it um, digitally then?
1: Rising Star. What have they published? No idea. Well, maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe they don't have a publisher like Nintendo behind them that, that wants to put a big full release. Maybe.
2: They, they, they're Game Freak. They should get it if they wanted but it. But it. it's
1: also, you know, it's not a Pokemon game, is it? It's it's something. It's a, a smaller team inside Game Freak that have decided they wanted to make this game. And there, there was like a program inside Game Freak where small teams could come together, pitch a game, and then they would get the funding to make that game. That's how Tembo came about. There's one other that I can't remember. And that's how Giggle Record. Oh, it's come about. So I guess that maybe not having the backing of... A, maybe it's got the backing of Game Freak as a name, but it doesn't have Pokemon or Nintendo behind it to really give it a push. So it's kind of like Game Freak, a Game Freak indie game. It is, it is essentially what it is. It's just strange, though. It's still strange to me that there aren't more people talking
0: about it or that like they didn't mm. themselves hype it up more. And I, I'm sorry, I misspoke before. I said that it had already been on PS4. It was actually already on Steam. It's coming to yeah, PS4 yeah. and Xbox alongside Switch.
2: Yeah, it's, like I said, it's interesting. I think is it's a metroidvania style Ooh. thing probably not going to be for me but probably definitely one for Max I would say.
1: Nah, it doesn't
0: sound like my cup of tea. Yeah, I don't I don't really think I'm going to get into it as well. It's it's just more interesting to me because I just don't I don't understand how a game freak game yeah. can come out and no and yeah. nobody knows about it.
2: Um, uh, that's the but real here story are. here, isn't it? Like if this was by, you know, Team 17, it wouldn't be as big a story as it is that Game Freak's releasing a new game. On Nintendo Switch and, and PS4, it's because of it's because of who it is and the prestige that that developer has. I do think has. there's a
1: lot of games that that just looking at the trailer, there's a lot of games that sort of are quite similar in style. Not Metrovania, but like things like uh off the top of my head, Double Cross. uh I think is coming out, which looks quite similar in that you can't really pin down what it is. Like Hollow Knight is 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 Hollow Knight. It's very unique, but it's sort of got not generic, but it's 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 not niche enough if if you get what i'm saying
0: yeah and i think like even if like you don't i, I don't think it's necessarily generic it's just like it doesn't have as distinct an identity yeah. or like you look at it and you're immediately like that's what that is
1: yes yeah i'm sure that doesn't help but yeah i mean we could be surprised it could be fun haven't actually looked at any reviews the problem is none of us are going to play it i'll take one for the team i might take one for... when's it out <laughs> i'll take one for the team i'll do it
0: all right do it it's it's all oh, you buddy I'll...
1: I'll I'll call in. I'll record my own podcast, and then you can just cut me in.
0: <laughs> wow! So this actually okay. So I I was looking into it to see when it first came out. It first came out on PC in February 2017. So old. It's an old oh, okay. game.
2: Yeah, ages ago. It's not early access. It just it just came out, and no one knew about it.
0: <laughs> uh. So next up, we've got Downwell, which is an excellent little platformer that I'm a huge fan of coming to Nintendo Switch this January. Uh, so the game was originally a mobile game, I believe, before it came to uh, PS4 and Vita, where uh, where I played it. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's really cool. So, you know, obviously if you're uh, someone who's played any video games at all, you know that most platformers deal, you're going left to right, right? Or if you're in Metroidvania, maybe you switch it up, you go right to left. Downwell is unique because it's literally all vertically scrolling down.
2: Yes. Do you know, I read a review on a website and it was by this guy called Pete and he was talking about this game and he was like, you know, I thought was a really cool idea that you can go up but it's not yeah. done very well and I'm guessing this is done well compared yeah, to Shio is, uh, yeah,
0: right <laughs> exactly, uh, where Shio takes that um oh, I have Did we no find right. that I'm assuming Shio it's,
1: it's American pronunciation you know, you can't trust it
0: all right, we're gonna going gonna we're gonna go down that rabbit hole with your <laughs> U's and your stupid <laughs> S's, whatever. Um. Anyway, yeah, D- Downwell delivers on that idea, right? Where it, it's constant. It's all about downward momentum, and you have this ability where you have like you have gun boots, basically. Um. Where the the goal is to go down like as long as you can without stopping. Okay. And you use the gun boots to like shoot and bounce off of enemies, so that's like how you deal combat. But like you can also just like dodge in some instances. Um, but like it gets very like treacherous, you know, the further you go and and the more advanced you get in the game.
2: I like the the visuals. It's like monochromatic with just red. Does it stay that way? Does it change?
0: I think I think you can manually change the color actually. Okay,
2: it's like uh, it's like a gel on top of an old yeah game, like, the gels that they used to put over, like, either a Vectrex or, like, back on old arcade games, like, the original uh, Space Invaders, it wasn't actually colour on the screen, it was, like, coloured glass over the top of the screen, which I just, I, I like it, it's a cool aesthetic.
0: Like, if you... If the, like, aesthetic of, like, Minute or, like, Undertale appeals to you, Downwell is, like, very much in that same kind of vein yeah. of the very simple Long monochromatic bit. style with little bursts of colour, and, uh, I I think it's a gorgeous game, and it, it, it um... It's just a ton of fun. Like I played it like two or three years ago now, I wanna say, so it's been quite a bit of time since I got a chance to play it, and I am definitely gonna go back to this game. It's only it's only gonna be three dollars when it I comes to I was gonna to
2: say cash. for the price, two sixty nine or two ninety yeah. two dollars ninety nine, it's like it's well worth it.
1: Yeah. I want to get it mostly to play it in vertical mode, because I have the flip grip that lets it actually do it properly. So that's like one of the games that when I got the flip grip and was like, I'd like to write about it. I was like, "Oh, what games can I use?" And I, you know, I looked at Donkey Kong. I looked at uh, Ikaruga, and I was like, "Downwell." I, I knew Downwell was coming, um, so that was yeah, that was the 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 kicker for me. And I really want to play it just to really actually get full use out of the flip grip because it's been a novelty so far. Just playing Donkey Kong, going, "Oh, look, I'm playing Donkey Kong in vertical mode." But actually, having a full game to play um, will be fun. Interestingly, about Downwell, um, the developer he was hired by Nintendo, wasn't he?
0: Yes. Yeah. He... And then
1: he left. He left last year.
0: Yeah, before he ever, like, made a game.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I'd like to know the story behind that.
2: Yeah, um, get Jason Schreier on the case for Blood and Sweat and Pixels too. Yeah. Why did this guy not make a game? I would, down- I down- I would down- love it, to hear yeah. that
0: story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I am, regardless of, you know, where <laughs> he's ended up, I'm really excited to see what is the next game from Mopin, um, which is h- the name of his development team. Um... I mean, I guess it was at the time. I guess I don't know if that's what he's going by now. But it was a one-man team, and uh, it, it's it's a just a really,
1: really unique platformer. And it's less than three pounds. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's... I guess it was a mobile game, so that makes sense. Yeah, but
0: yeah, and, and it, it's it's remained at that price point pretty much always. So it's uh, yeah, I mean, like for three dollars, just give this game a shot. I I think it's it's well worth your time. Uh, so the the last game that we're going to talk about before we jump into the Nindies, um, you know proper
2: Nindies. You're so American. Yeah. Indie highlights, thank you, Pete. We, whatever. Never Nindies is a
0: better Nindies is a better name, and you know it, it. is a way better name. Yeah, the indie highlight. <laughs> guys, you guys are so prim and proper. Nindies, baby. All right, so yeah, we're getting an enhanced version of uh, Crowbright Studios Among the Sleep. Have you guys ever heard of this game? It's a, it's an interesting little horror title.
2: I played it on PS4. Yeah. I've 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 heard about it. It's been one that's been on my radar, but I never got around to playing it. It's it's one of those kind of games that's more of an experience, right, than a game.
0: Um, I mean, it's a game. It's just a really weird game.
2: Is it like I mean, it seems it seems like it's it was kind of in the same vein as what Remains of Edith Finch. You're walking around, you're not really doing anything.
0: Uh, I mean, <sighs> It's like and that, but it... the horror element makes it a little bit more,
1: like a little bit more gamey, I would say.
2: Okay.
1: Is it targeted at like the Five Nights at Freddy's and uh, Inky and the... No. Mm, I wouldn't say it's Inky exactly and, like and that. Like
0: it's, it's interesting. It's a first person game and you play like a two year old and you're seeing everything from this kid's perspective and like how he's interpreting mm-hmm. the events and like you have a like a teddy bear. As like your sidekick who can talk and I'm stuff. I'm already it's, scared. It's very creepy. It's a very eerie, eerie game for sure. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, it's it's old at this point. It came out in 2014, and when I played it, it was already like two years old when it got ported. So, uh, it, they're saying it's it's going to be the enhanced version.
2: So it says the uh, the enhanced edition it's it brings brand new dialogue, um, different outfits, and uh, enhanced puzzles.
0: Okay, so it's basically just a souped-up version of the game. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've never played it, this seems like a perfect time to give it a shot. It is—the port is being handled by Sodesco Studios, who I'm not familiar with, so, um, you know, jury's out on how the port's gonna actually turn out.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's always my concern with these. Is like, I'd like to—I'd like to play the game. But I know that the Switch version's probably gonna be ten to fifteen pounds more expensive than everywhere else. Yeah. So and and the, and I know it's it's completely fair because they've put the time in to port it, they've put the time in to bring it over to the Switch, there's the development kit and everything that's involved. Right. But it's just a hard price to swallow when you look and you can you know, you can get it on Steam for thirteen thirteen pounds fifty. No idea how much it's gonna cost on the Switch, but I'd imagine it's probably gonna be like a 25 pound game
1: when you know as well that it's not going to be like the the uh, the game that Pete reviewed. When you know it's probably not going to be as good as the other versions of the game to have to pay the extra sort of what do they call it the switch tax on top of it sure
0: i i think it, it could totally be as good because the game isn't anything crazy like as long as yeah. the, the porting job is done well there's no reason that they can't give you the full experience you know that's yeah. the same as it is on xbox or ps4 or steam just keep your eye out on this one. If you're interested in it, I, I thought it was a really fun, unique game. Uh, it's It's not like a game that I fell in love with by any means, but it was certainly like different than anything else I'd played before, and and I had a good experience with it. All right, so this is the part of the show where normally I would read some listener mail from you Potsheads at home, but uh, Pixel isn't here, and he does not give me your letters. so so you've
2: got away with saying it for two episodes in a row.
0: Yeah, he can't stop me now. It's it's a thing, <laughs> and uh, Max got my back on Twitter every time. He's always like, "Yeah, potheads."
1: So yes, yeah, it's just it's just so good. We're
0: making it happen. We've we've made fetch happen. It's happened.
1: <laughs>
0: so, I can
2: I can I can abide by the the Mean Girls references every single time. There we you go. You can you can make as many of those as you want.
1: Pete, I will always always have your back. There is not. Nothing you could do where I won't have your back. Oh, Thank you so much, Max. Steve, yeah, so you know people step?
2: say that and they're like, there's nothing you could do. I'm all, I always go, my brain, and I'm probably because I'm a fucked up human being, I'm like, so if I murdered someone, you'd be there. You'd be like, you would have my back. You wouldn't drop me in. You'd help me bury the body. You'd help me get rid of it.
0: Here's the thing, Steve. I'd like to think that over these last few months of doing the show together and our late night conversations, I've gotten to know you pretty well. I think... If you killed somebody, they probably deserved it. So you know what? I'm not going to just tacitly endorse it, but I'll tell you this. If you kill somebody, you can come to me and I'll make a judgment call. Would you? Yeah. And if, if This if, is
2: if... so going to be used in a court of law sometime. <laughs>
1: My <love. laughs> Yeah, Pete's going to go, yeah, it was fine. He, he, yeah, he, he should have killed him, and he did. So, yeah, fair, <laughs> yeah. fair dues. Let
0: him out. Look, if, if I feel like they deserved it, I'll help you bury the body. You have to wait for me to fly out to England, but I mean, hey. I thought
1: the word fair dues" isn't used in court enough.
2: Do you remember when you said at the beginning of the episode you were going to keep on track?
0: Well, here we are now. We're talking about we, murder.
2: Do I go, yeah, let's go back to the. This, this email, is your fault. Email us. Email us at the <laughs> correct email address.
0: <laughs> so, uh, if you do want to email us and and get read on next week's episode or harass Pixel for not giving me the letters that you've sent the last two weeks, you can hit us up at potcast at loopods That's p o t s c a s t at loopods dot com. Uh, follow. At Loop Pots on Twitter, we uh, recently just passed 2,000 followers, something of which we are very proud of. So if you're one of those 2,000 followers or plus followers, thank you so much for following along and showing us your support. And uh, if you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, uh, go follow us on Twitter, man. And if you're not on Twitter, I'll, I'll take going over to our YouTube channel instead and giving us a nice subscribe. Uh, so that's, that's enough shilling. Let's get into the main topic <laughs> where we're going to talk about the indie highlight special. Uh, So as we've been talking about for, like, what feels like months at this point, we've been waiting and waiting Mm. for a Nintendo Direct. It's been since September since we got our last Nintendo Direct. Uh, It really seemed like we weren't going to get one in January, What with uh, all the Nintendo announcements that were made, you know, that that I wrote about on the website, like Kirby and Yoshi both getting release dates and all that stuff, it seemed like we were just going to be skipping it. But, in fact, it was an indie event, uh, which many Nintendo fans got very salty about, um, but we are big fans of indies and indie developers here at Loot Pots. So I was really excited to get the announcement of an- of another indie highlights because I'm actually often more excited by these because I think there's generally a better chance for you to get something that you're like, you're not expecting, you know, or something that is unheard of.
2: Well, I can I can see it from both sides. I can see why people get upset when there's not the nintendo direct they're not giving us the news that we we come to expect but when i look back at my list of games from last year my number one game was an indie title it was it was undertale and
1: yeah yeah a lot of mine were too because because it there's just so many of them
2: and i think moonlighter would have made it onto that list celeste probably would have made it onto that list if i'd have played them sooner Yep. So I I look forward to these because it gives an opportunity for the smaller games to get there, uh, get their moment without being overshadowed by. Oh, and here's a, here's a few small indie tales. By the way, here's the next Pokemon. Because you don't want that in the same yeah. place. Because every every indie tale is going to get overlooked. It's not going to get a story written about it. No one's going to pay attention to it. So I I like that they give it its own its own space.
1: It's interesting that you say that because I did not know about Celeste until it launched, despite it being in the January directs last year because it was overshadowed by other things like they gave Celeste its own little section in the indies bit and I just didn't think about it because mm-hmm. there was other things to think about uh, like Dark Souls was announced and like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze was announced
0: I think you're right that a lot of times even an attractive indie game can get lost in the shuffle which is why I think these you know indie highlights or you know Nindy directs are are so important um so we're just going to go through this list in uh, the order that it was shown because I think you know, most of these games are worth at least mentioning. For me, the, the number one highlight was the first game that they showed, which is Wargroove, uh, coming out next Friday on February 1st. So by the time next episode rolls around, we'll hopefully already have our hands on it, or or just about. And uh, this is a game I've been waiting for as long as the Switch has existed.
1: Well, it's interesting, because the first ever Nindy's stream, is that, no, yeah, the first ever Nindies stream, uh, featured Wargrove and it was like one of the, the highlights I remember yeah. and then we've just never got a release date and it's taken almost sort of two years into the Switch's life for it to come out and it's one of those games that we've just watched its development because it ticks so many boxes you know it's got the pixel it's got the sort of advanced wars of Fire Emblem Astestic, and then they kept adding things like make your own campaign um you know, make your own story maps, all these things like that, and it just—it's—it's it's, it's become more interesting. And to finally have a release date it feels really good. It's like it's like watching a baby being born.
2: It's more like watching a baby being crafted or growing, <laughs> like you know, the baby being born moments, like you know, not that long, and it's pretty gross. But you know, the whole rest of it's a marvel. Hooray. <laughs> it's it's like the opposite
1: kind of wait that we had for uh, Pocket Rumble because Pocket Rumble was announced in the same uh, stream, I'm pretty sure, and then Pocket Rumble came out to you know zero fanfare because it had been so long they were so quiet about it kept promising release dates when it came out it just sort of went as it came out there was no you know hype behind it at all whereas wargroove has sort of consistently been getting more exciting as we've heard more about it and then to finally have a release date it doesn't feel like the sort of it's tripped out the runnings like like um pocket rumble did
0: yeah i feel like they did a really good job of like building hype early for it and then only talking about it when they had something to say You know, because like you said, it was only here's this new feature. Here's this other thing that we didn't promise you before that makes it more attractive. It was never Mm. like, hey, we're still working on it. It's it's coming out and we never got a release date. So it was never delayed. So like it was always like every time I'd have one of these events, me and my other like, you know, Nintendo diehards would always just be like, where is this game? But not in a way negatively. It was always just like, I can't wait to play this because Advance Wars is great. And I want a spiritual successor to Advance Wars, and we're finally going to get it.
2: I I think that Chucklefish did the right thing, though. It seems like they prioritized bringing Stardew Valley to the Switch over Wargroove. They were both shown in that first Nindy's in Direct. Stardew Valley was is is clearly a, a mega popular game. It's always in the yeah. charts on the Switch. Like it must sell absolutely dozens of copies a day i mean um, i know
0: i know that like they've made millions and millions of dollars on that game and uh yeah. you know like if you read uh jason Trier's book you know that they're only they only get 10 percent of the profits for it mm-hmm. and they're still making millions on it so yeah yeah i think they would have been fools to not prioritize bringing that game to the switch uh and i think doing so probably paid for
2: war <laughs>
0: yeah right and, and like lessen the pressure
2: yeah yeah it's 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 a way more complete package now than it was you know it's got three single player modes with campaign puzzle and and um arcade or adventure and the editors looking incredible i've watched a couple of their live streams that they've done and the level of flexibility you get you get given like a grid and then you can put um, put down your commanders and put down you know Rivers mm-hmm. roads and roads and forests, and you can have events happen when you go into a forest, and you can create a cutscene and you can create entire stories and uh, your own campaigns, and then you can share them, you can upload them online, and you can go online and you can download other people's, whether that's your friends or whether that's com- complete strangers that you want to uh, uh, give a try. Whether you can download them and modify them, like um, that was always one of my favorite things, like the Far Cry level editors on like yeah. far cry 4 far cry 5 is being able to download it make slight tweaks and then re-upload it so you might download it go oh this hasn't got enough people in it and you'd have like a hundred kind of a <laughs> hundred army guys in and then you would you would go and do whatever you want but yeah Wargro- wargroove's been one that's on my on my radar for a while i've never played advanced wars but i always really? wanted to. no never played oh, advanced wow. wars oh,
0: they're so good
2: yeah me neither um really
0: yeah, and you're both yeah. excited for this game. That's awesome. I'm really excited for this
2: game. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, I've, I've then played sort of similar strategy games since then, and there's a lot to be said of a game that can um, ha- have endless content with level editor that also has a fully featured campaign, has fully featured. You know, it's a full game on its own. It doesn't have to just purely stand on on the um, the, the custom made stuff, which is why I never got sort of Super Mario Maker, for example, because it, there was no there was probably some custom levels, but it wasn't like a full game. It was more purely based around being creative which is fine it just wasn't the the kind of thing i was looking for
0: yeah i agree like that sort of thing doesn't appeal to me but the fact that this game comes with 50 hours worth of like single player content it has local and online multiplayer there's competitive there's co-op um all of that is enough that that will be enough to sustain me and if i'm really interested in it then maybe i'll go check out some of the user created content or some of the other stuff and that's the perfect balance in my mind
2: so yeah, this this game is, is out, like you said, next Friday. Uh, but you can download it today. So you can it's one of those games where you can pre download it onto your console and it unlocks at midnight. Uh
0: there is also one little other interesting tidbit that um as we started recording, uh, Pixel tweeted out um a retweet of Rodrigo Monterio, who's one of the developers working on the game, who said that uh the game will have a day one cross play from uh between PC Switch and Xbox One.
2: Interesting. Yeah, and I wonder if that's why the PS4 release is delayed, because it's not coming out on PS4 on day one.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that has something to do with it.
2: Because they've just enabled Rocket League for crossplay, right? Um, so they're probably PS4.
0: they're probably working with with Sony right now to yeah. see if they can, you know,
2: it's insane how much traction Fortnite got that they were able to force Sony to do that.
0: Yeah, it's the biggest biggest game in the world. So, mm. but yeah, I. Uh, I think that's an awesome move too, and I'm really psyched about having that day one like right out the box. So um, overall, good on you, Chucklefish, man. I, um, Chucklefish is I think one of the most exciting video game companies out there right now. Obviously, they were instrumental in um, in bringing Stardew Valley to life, which you know, shout outs to them for that. If that was the only thing they ever did, they they'd be deserving of praise. But it seems like they're really reinvesting that money and those resources that they got from from that success into a lot of other really exciting projects, uh, one of which we'll talk about a little bit later.
2: Yeah, the one I'm really excited about is Witchbrook. I don't know if you've seen any of that.
0: No, I haven't.
2: Take a look at Witchbrook. It's basically Stardew Valley Harry Potter. Oh, you you
0: got... You, <laughs> That speaks directly to my interests. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it looks insane.
0: Uh, next up, we had Double Kick Heroes, which uh, is a really interesting looking game. It's a heavy metal rhythm game that's
1: also a shoot 'em up. It's nice yeah. to see rhythm games done differently. Yeah, but also very familiar.
0: And it's essentially a like post apocalyptic world. There's zombies and. Everybody who's left alive is, like, a heavy metal fan, I guess. And, uh, yeah, they're all part of the same
2: band, bosses. and they're driving along the highway in this Cadillac.
0: Yeah, it's got, like, a kind of, like, Mad Max vibe to it, but a little more cartoony. Um, it reminded me of Brutal Legend. Do you remember, yes. you guys, remember that? The yeah, Double Fine game? Yeah. With, um, Jack With Jack Black. With Jack Black, yeah. Mm. Uh, so it's coming first to Nintendo Switch in summer 2019, uh, even though it's currently available on Early Access on Steam. I don't really...
2: Yeah, I, I put this document together. I put all of those in quotes because after every single one, it was coming first. And I think that must... They must mean consoles. Consoles first, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, PCs they don't count. Nintendo's like, no, I've never <laughs> heard of a PC. What's right. that? People don't play games on there. Those are first print sheets. Spring,
1: and spring. If I'm making it, to I be
0: fair, if it's in, it's in early English. access, it's not actually out. So
2: true, just
0: saying.
1: Um, I, this game's got thirty original songs. I think I saw in the trailer, which is it, very yeah, impressive. and then it,
0: it's also got some licensed music from a couple, um, yeah, Gojira and a, a couple other
1: metal bands. So it's impressive. It's good. You know, they stuck to the theme and then done it to a to. A, you know, much higher degree than I would expect for an indie developer to make 30 original songs for a game as opposed to just sort of... I mean, it's a rhythm game, so maybe you do need the original songs, but... um Probably cheaper than licensing work. that many, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, I, I very much get the feeling that this game is like a super labor of love. I wouldn't be surprised if the songs are done by some of the people on the development staff, yeah. you know?
2: I would say so, yeah. Definitely. If you look at their website, they call all their staff the band. It's really cool. Oh, no. That's
0: cute. <laughs> So yeah, I, I mean, like, this looks really cool. I don't I don't know that it's a game that I'm necessarily going to pick up. But like, I think if you're like a fan of heavy metal and rhythm games, like if you're a guitar hero person, and you're into like, you know, like classic old school metal, like it seems like this is the game for you.
2: My favourite guitar hero was. Uh, did you ever have the DS one? Yeah, oh my god! in talk. the. You plugged this thing into the bottom of the the Game Boy port, and it only worked on the DS Lite. It, that's yeah, so funny. It the had this goofy little plectrum yep. that you plucked the strings on the screen and you, you press the buttons. On into me. the
1: thing, yeah, well, like, you just blow on the microphone. you would said, "Say rock on." I still wake up with cramps from that game. Like my left <laughs> hand is just in bits because I played that game so much, and I played. I got I tiny
2: <laughs> trump hands. Wait, perfect for me. Yeah, I I like rhythm games. Yeah, I think we discussed before that I, I liked the rhythm aspects of Night in the Woods. I liked the musical aspect of Wonder Song. Even though I suck at musically, uh, everything I can press things on a screen. And when I go to an arcade, I'm always on DDR. That's the one game I go to. Oh,
1: I'm no good at that. I I um Double Heroes. Well, I just want to say the boss designs look fantastic. Like I don't think there's a theme, but they are just every single boss just looks really good. I think I the really art general it. just yeah, looks really yeah. good.
0: Like I was really impressed by the the trailer that they had to show off. I think it's like very stylish, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. Like it's just this is one of those games where like it doesn't to me it doesn't look like a peak game, but it's like I it's one of those games I'm just like so happy that it exists. Yeah, cause it's like it's it's clearly a labor of love. Yeah, and I hope it finds success. Uh, So next up was a game called uh, When Ski Lifts Go Wrong. Uh, This is one we've seen in the past before. It's available now, surprise release, uh, and you can get it right now for 15% off until February 6th. So great deal. It's, uh, you know, if you're somebody who, like, watches YouTube, you've probably seen this or many other games like it. It's, uh, like, a physics-based, like, construction puzzle game. So it's, it's, like, very much like... It's a
1: structure, isn't it? And just sort of you, you build it and then you know it goes wrong but at the same time it works and that's what makes it funny to play and watch and
0: right yeah so i I think it's a game you can definitely expect like you know it's going to be big in like the youtube and twitch community and stuff and it comes with 100 levels that are pre-made but i think the sandbox builder is probably going to be the thing people are really messing around with most so uh this is not a game that i'm interested in like i just don't it does like this no, no, i like, no, kind no. of
2: got my kick from this from um bridge constructor Portal audition yeah, and i only sure. got like as a glados yeah and i just wanted to, i just wanted some more of of her humor in my life and i was just like you know i i can, I can kind of see why people dig this but i get the really appeal
0: it's just not for me you know yeah. like i think i think like these games very much feel like they're made with with the expectation that like they're going to be made into videos. And, like, that's cool, but, like, that's not the kind of Let's Player I am, and that's not the kind of, like, game I seek out,
1: so... Yeah, I don't play games to sort of do sandbox in that way. Like, I don't uh i didn't think much of besiege i didn't think much of bridge constructor not because they're not good games at all it's just it didn't didn't feel anything for me i didn't gain anything from it really and it made me feel yeah. really stupid that i couldn't do like really cool things like you do see on youtube which is the point of it, not it you want to do the cool stuff that you see
0: yeah and, and I, I honestly i feel like games like that are really just they appeal more to people who are like have an inkling towards game design or people that are like Lego people or whatever, like listen
2: listen to the last episode where Pete, you know, goes into his reasons.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Why yeah, why I don't like games like that. (laughs) Um you know, but I agree with you, Max. Like I I want I want to play a game that somebody else made. I don't want Mm. like a tool set to make my own game.
1: I like finishing I like finishing games like we said earlier about hundred percenting games. I I have gone off roguelikes because I don't feel like there's an end to them. And I like playing a game and then finishing it and going, oh yeah, I finished that. Whereas with a game like this, you might finish the hundred levels and stuff, but there's been no progression really. Like you haven't, yeah, you haven't completed it. You just finished it. Do you know what I mean? That, I that, do. That is, okay. Good. I thought that was meaningless. Um, I was actually a bit disappointed when I actually looked at this game because I missed the stream live. I think I just caught. It wasn't a stream. It was a VOD. I don't want video. you to get slayed in the comments. Sorry, the video. Don't. Yeah, please. I'm gentle. Um. The the I thought it was going to be like Line Rider at first, and I was like, "Oh my god, are they like making three D Line Rider?" And then I looked at it, and I was like, "Oh, that's not what I was expecting at all." And I was a bit let down. Do you guys remember Line Rider?
2: I do remember Line Rider. I swear that was like a flash game from back in the day, right?
1: Yes, I had it on my phone as well. I'm not familiar. You're not familiar, right? Okay, go on YouTube, search Line Rider, and then just watch like the top videos on YouTube because people do some crazy stuff with that game.
2: Nothing beats Co-op, though. Oh, that was the best flash (laughs) game.
1: That's like the original uh, getting over it with Bennett Fordy, isn't it? Like the, the, the <laughs> yeah, frustration. Yeah, right. Exactly. That, yeah, people can do it really well, and it's really annoying how they can do it well. All
0: right. So next up, uh, we got a game called Forager, uh, which is you know no hard release date on this one. Sometime in 2019, it's a 2D open world game uh, with a focus on exploration, farming, crafting, and and you know fighting.
1: I have so much to say about this game. Hit it, man. So it, I'm not necessarily massively excited by it from this one trailer, but it, it just hits so many notes. It hits, like, the, the Stardew Valley um, farming aspect. It hits the the Minecraft sort of roaming around, unlocking things in the building. It hits the sort of dungeon-crawling um, aspects of the games. that I like. It hits so many notes, and the only thing I think it, I wish it had, even as a pixel art fan, was, like, better art style or a more... Um, yeah interesting art style than what it is i
0: i agree that was like my big problem with it is like and I, I don't think it's just the art i just in general i don't feel like this game has a ton of identity yeah like the art it does is so many very things. simple the, the music wasn't super appealing to me and i feel like it's like very much like it's a 2d open world game and you can craft and yeah. you have a base that you can build and you can farm and i'm just like okay i like i would rather have a game that does one of those things really yes. well rather than trying the... to do it all
2: this is the kind of game I would have liked to have seen, kind of I think, come to early access and then be built upon. Yeah. Like the sprites for the the ore in the game literally look like they've been ripped from Stardew Valley. Yeah. And and I know it's pro- it's bad to compare the games and things like that, but well, what I don't know. Do I'm, to I'm not going to judge the game until I until I've played it. I really like Moonlighter, and that's like a a similar looks like a similar style game. Yeah, the dungeon crawling aspect of it and the mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then and then
1: once you've done the dungeon crawling you then go back up top and then you do things with the things you collected, which is
2: you know,
1: yeah. i I really want to like Very this game. Lighter. I really want to like this game. But I, I think like Pizza it doesn't really have an identity
2: but don't judge a book by oh, it's yeah, I'm, coming man I'm
1: certainly
0: not writing the game off we haven't seen enough of it like I I'm interested in it I'll say that but I, I very much got the same impression that you did Max where I'm just like nothing about this stands out to me mm. like it felt
1: it feels like it's like a trying to be like a jack of all trades and a master yeah. of none it yeah. feels like one of those sort of like stardew valley mobile games that isn't stardew valley i mean and the fact that it's got between sure. controls as well sort of gives you the the feeling of it being not a knockoff i don't want to say but it seems to want to be like hit the minecraft crowd hit the stardew valley crowd harvest moon crowd hit the uh, you know like the terraria crowd as well and also the sort of the, the the building doesn't seem to be as free as these these other games like you get you unlock blocks at a time or you buy blocks at a time um with the like pieces of land it's not a, yeah. a
2: fixed map
1: yeah yeah
2: but i quite like that you know i i it, it, that kind of mechanic always reminds me of um theme hospital from back in the day oh, where yeah. you used to buy like a an additional piece for your yeah, hospital when yeah. you ran out of space to put more inflator right. rooms
1: it's it's, it's it's on my radar i want to like it but i i I do think it's it's like when you go to one of those global buffets and they do like everything from all around the world, but they don't do any of it particularly well. Right, they just like, do how a lot of it. all of
0: these be good? And the answer yeah. is generally that they can't.
1: Yeah, like yeah.
0: And I'm afraid that that's going to be the thing with this game mm. is that it's going to want to do all of these things and not do any of them like in a way that feels unique. Mm. Uh, so then we also got another surprise release, which was Goat Simulator, the Goaty G- it's game of the year. Get it?
1: Goaty, it's... I
2: got it. I cringed.
1: Yeah, it's cringy. I spent the whole time trying to work out, it, but I I always assumed that it was going to be like the greatest of, or the sort of game of all the years, or something like that, because it's sort of the same style of humor that Goat Simulator is. But to have it just called the Goaty, don't know, don't know about that.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, this is another one like if you don't already know what goat simulator is like that's kind of probably surprising like it's you know it <laughs> yeah, a... where
2: have you been for right it was a really
0: popular like youtube twitch indie game this has all the dlc goat mmo simulator goat simulator goat z goat simulator payday and goat simulator waste of space so yeah i mean if you've never played goat simulator or you want it on the go
1: now's your chance
2: yeah i don't think it's not going to want I pick up
1: never appealed to me it's it's one of those like you say like YouTube Twitch games that that might be fun for you to play for a five second, but it's a lot more fun to watch someone else play it for an hour. they're, they're, yeah. they're
2: fun games to get out of parties. Like everyone can go, oh look at mm. this! You're a goat. Go destroy all this stuff! Ha ha! Kind of like
1: Human Fall Flat, which is a game I've actually pulled out. A, sort of a couple of like, oh I've got this quirky game, but I've never sat down. And well, play
2: Human it on my Fall Flats more more so. That's a multiplayer game, right?
1: Yes. Oh, is this only single player? yeah okay a yeah. so like less about goat than I thought. yeah, this is definitely a game that's
0: like made for you to play with friends and laugh at each other, like yeah. how like what's the stupidest thing we can do, you know,
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: which is if that's what your bag is, then great it's it seems like it's great for that,
2: but it's like quap
0: quap. uh so then uh next up uh we've got inmost, which is another chucklefish uh published game, and uh it's a it's described as an atmospheric story driven puzzle platformer. Uh, where there are three playable characters within one dark interconnecting story and yes. uh, this is another one that's like coming first to nintendo switch you know as far as consoles are concerned um this looks so good yeah the art for this one really turned me on i thought that the, the pixel art was really good but i i very much like i had a moment like before they were like oh there's three playable characters i was like What's going on? How do these like, connect? Like, how does this make any sense? It doesn't Yeah, does it? how do these connect? What is this what's like what am I supposed to be taking away here? Yeah. Like
2: It gave me Octopass Traveler Vibes. Both yeah, the in style the, is definitely 2D the HD. visuals and also the style of, of gameplay. Like It's it's eight people in Octopath, and they're all going on the same trip or the same journey and the same story. And each one has their own kind of story, but all interconnects into the one global story. I, I hope something similar is going to happen here. But I hope the story is probably a little bit better than Octopath, because I don't think that's been particularly well received. Yeah,
1: it seems to sort of... It seems like these three are unlike Octopath where they're all sort of happening in the same world and they, the locations interact and the characters are, are all sort of fairly um, uh, static. This seems to take place in like three completely different like worlds or time periods or something. There's a the guy with the sword who's fighting the serpent, and there's the kid, uh, was he climbing to get the pie? Was that from the trailer? Have I made that up? That sounds about right. And then there was the guy, who's the guy with the beard? What was he up to?
0: I don't know. That's the thing. I really yeah, have no idea. Like he was there. going through a cave or something, and there was like a dark monster. It's I don't know. It's interesting. It's definitely a game. I it uh-huh. it, it it got a it, it got me to perk up. You know, yes. like I was like, yeah. oh okay. Like yeah, this- it's
2: one. It's one I'm keeping an eye. On. I actually saw a glimpse of it at EGX um la- late last year, and um from like some of the visuals, it looked a little bit kind of Lucas artsy. In terms of the the text and the graphics and some of the narrative and things like that, so I, I it's probably it's going to be one I definitely keep an eye on.
1: It's there's also not a lot to read into atmospheric story driven puzzle platformer because I think that that is so many indie games that there's it looks unique it looks interesting but it hasn't been described as anything unique to me yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it because it looks interesting and it could be one of those sort of like massive surprises. And It looks beautiful, it looks really good, but what is it? There is there's nothing to to there's nothing I can learn from the description of it. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like the art was cool, but other than that, like I didn't get a sense for like what the game plays like mm. or what the story is actually about. so it's like I I'm interested, but I don't feel like I have any enough to go on for me to be like this is, um this I can't wait you know it's yeah, like I, yeah. I don't really know what it is not a very good trailer, honestly. You know, it, 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 it didn't
2: did get me excited. Sell well, the game well, it's a enough. teaser. Ah, uh-huh. Dennis Job is a, te- a really teaser. It does look
1: really good. And it did a good job of that. I'll give it that. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because um, Square Enix patented, patented. Wow, how do I pronounce this? Patented. Steve, no, Steve. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> I don't need to hear. I don't need to hear Patented.
0: Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys? How do you guys talk over patent,
2: there? I say then I say You know, mm-hmm. but then.
1: I think it's patented. I think patented. I say banana a
2: instead of banana. So And yeah. I say bath instead of bath.
1: Oh, yeah, you're one of them. Sorry, yeah. The patented. Um, it's where it's patented the 2D HD art style or the name of the, the, the art style. But I'm not sure whether that stretches to, like, actually, you know, the actual art style. Like, I'm not sure if it's. Because it's so obviously, like, inspired by Octopath Traveler. Um, just in the visuals of it. And I'd be quite interested to see how far that inspiration goes.
0: Yeah, this is definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, So then we had one more surprise release, which was uh, a game called Unruly Heroes. Uh, It's like, looks like a very like um, classical, like fantasy kind of world. Uh, The characters seemed like they were kind of influenced by like, maybe like Journey to the West and some other like classic Eastern literature. Um, there's four playable heroes. Oh, look at that! It is inspired by the famous it is Chinese modern, by James James novel the, West. To the West. I didn't read that yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally that story, apparently.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the main character is a dude who looks like San Wukong, and then there's like a pig guy, and so yeah, so, Journey to yeah. the
2: West. So you're all in. That's <laughs> it. You sold
1: now. Can I try uh... flip this coin and be rude for a second? this This game looks. I think this game looks so generic. I, still, I agree. I... Yeah, okay good like the music I was like you know coming out of um you know inmost before which had you know like a unique sound to it this sounded like every Chinese inspired game that you know that's ever been it looked like you know like a Chinese um dreamworks movie um it looked like it played like just sort of a less interesting trine just nothing gripped me about this at all like i I, I double tapped on youtube to skip 10 seconds through it because like, I'm not I'm not interested in this anymore it
0: didn't grab yeah. me at all. I, I had the same reaction. It just it didn't do anything for me.
2: You know, I, I like the way it looks. I can see why you think it's generic. But the fact that you control four people at once.
1: Oh, sorry, at once. Hang on a minute. Like, I, that's, this I don't
2: really know many other games where you control four but heroes.
1: You don't control four of them. It's multiplayer, isn't it?
2: No, you can you play you control players four people At either once. single player or with three oh, yeah, other but people. Is it like
1: Trine in that you can swap between characters? Because in Trine you swap between the three main characters, don't you swap between the wizard to make? The I mean, blocks. yeah, it could
2: be swapping between them like um, other games like uh, Thimbleweed Park do that as well. Yeah, you swap sure. in between to go to different places and do different things. But even still, that was a unique mechanic, and I think if they if they pull that off and they do it well, they and four people could be good. And I'm interested to see what the online PvP is going to be. Whether that's just like Are you a, gonna pick this one up. W- Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I don't well, know. We'll find do... out next week. If I've played it, you'll find out next week. We'll find out.
0: <laughs> uh so this next one, this is the uh, aside from Wargroove, this is the game that I was most interested in, is uh oh my Crosscode. God, this, this is a
2: hundred percent the game I'm most interested in.
0: Yeah. Um this is one that uh Jason Schreier, who we mentioned earlier in the in the show, he's been singing its praises on Twitter like crazy. Um so the fact that he's so into it has definitely made me uh, want to pick it up. It's like a 2D action RPG, sci-fi world. Uh, it follows the story of Leah as she logs into the MMO of the future. And <laughs> there are uh, seven unique sections of the world and eight different dungeons. So it seems like a pretty robust 2D RPG. And um, that's my shit. So
2: I'm, I'm just so excited that it's coming to the switch that they, they put on everyone's been asking them and they were saying it's gonna be really hard we've built this in html we can't really bring this to the switch and then they they've, they've managed to do it they said oh we'll come to the switch when Hedgehogs can flourish like a uh, one of the characters and they one of the animals in the game and then they uh,
0: in the trailer right. had some flying hedgehags now it just, I get the it's joke. so
2: it's so cool that they they did that um but it just it's like the 2d zelda but not fantasy it's sci-fi it's something different and i absolutely love the the story of like you're a character playing an mmo and everyone else in this game is also like all the npcs are also players playing the mmo and you're bumping into them and like you're basically playing like world of warcraft and you can yeah you go see npcs that are in the game on other players because mm. they're npcs of the mmo but then right. the other characters of the actually it's a real kind of mindfuck but I really just, I really just love the concept. And like, I listened to Kotaku split screen and, and like, like we've mentioned Jason a million fucking times on this episode, but he has been singing this song's praises so much along with Maddie and Kirk, who he's managed to rope into to play the game as well. And all of them have just been saying, you know, I, I really love this game, but I just want to play it on the switch. And now to be able to play it on the switch. Yeah, we don't know a date, but sometime this year it's, it's going to be coming out. I'm just, I'm just really excited about it.
0: I, I I'm really expecting this game to have a similar um thing with Hollow Knight where like it was on PC and anyone who played it was like, Oh my god, it's incredible, you gotta yeah. try it and yeah. then it comes to console and it really pops off.
2: Mm. And this is gonna this is gonna now be oh, is it a twenty nineteen game of the year? Because, you know, it came to the Switch and we all really love it, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. like hold on. Is on, it so. a twenty nineteen game of the year? It's probably gonna be one of those again. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. this is gonna be a day one pickup for me. 100%. I yeah, absolutely.
0: This this one is uh one of my most anticipated games of 2019 for sure. Is it? So I've yeah. of it until today. I mean, yeah, I like uh I said I'm I'm definitely a fan of Jason's work, so you know, he's been tweeting about it all the yeah. time. So I've I've already been interested in it, but I was very much waiting for <laughs> it to come to consoles. So the fact that it's coming to my favorite place to play indie games, match made in Heaven.
1: Yeah. The 42 trial campaign is impressive as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely and it's all single player right it's not it, 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 yeah, also, yeah, yeah like yeah, all yeah. that's that's impressive that's really impressive
0: all right so then uh, the game that closed out the show which i thought was a weird choice uh steamworld quest hand of gilgamesh it's a uh turn based rpg with like deck building mechanics like very similar to um
1: like, I guess Spire. like Chain of
0: Memories from Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, thought, oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. I thought
1: it was too obscure. Yes, it is exactly like Chain of Memories. It's also yeah. more like Slay the Spire now, more recently, if you talk recently. But it's exactly like it's exactly like Chain of Memories. I wish you could see my face right now, Pete, because I'm really...
0: <laughs> Nobody talks about that game. I... Nobody. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. My mate was like, oh, yeah, I'm playing all through the Kingdom Hearts games. I was like, oh, yeah, how did you find Chain of Memories? He was like, yeah, it was about 40 minutes long. Good video. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? You just watched like a recap video of so actually playing the mother. game. I no, know. That's unacceptable. <laughs> I know. Um, I, that game um, is really underrated.
0: Yeah, I've,
2: definitely. I've definitely. never played a Kingdom Hearts game.
0: That's fine, it's too late to start yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no <laughs> good point. It's like
1: trying to watch like Evangelion or One There's just too like, many, like
2: 1. 1.5, 1, 2.6, 2.341. I'm just like, I have no idea which where I should start with this series. A, of there's games. 100 Kingdom Hearts Honestly, games.
0: Honestly, you know? I, I, all joking aside, if you really want to play Kingdom Hearts, just play Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, and then like, I'm see how you can play 3. That's a no. bad idea. I'm
2: probably just going to play 3. No. you literally have no, no idea what's happening. I'll, I'll watch a recap video. Same thing oh I did with Destiny, Destiny 2. Alright,
0: so what did you think of SteamWorld? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this episode. You guys are f- killing me.
2: SteamWorld. I really like SteamWorld Dig
1: 1. I really like SteamWorld Dig 2. I enjoyed what I played of SteamWorld Heist. And I wasn't expecting them to go, I thought they were going to do like a SteamWorld Heist 2. That's what I assumed was going to happen. Because on Twitter recently they were like, just hammering out copies of SteamWorld World Heist. They were like, oh yeah, have copies, have copies. And I was like, here we go, they're doing a Steam Heist 2. For them to do this, that because the first three games are all related if you look at them. This one seems to, we don't know about that much yet. But it seems to be unrelated, so it's a new direction for them. But I'm interested in it, especially because of the whole Chain of Memories thing. But I wonder how much of that sort of Steam World world building is going to be in it. And how much of the game isn't going to be combat? Because we didn't see a lot of stuff that wasn't combat in that trailer, or card combat.
2: Yeah, I don't know how much RPGs in there. Like, I don't know what would bring me to play this over, say, Hearthstone or oh, yeah, but Elder very, Scrolls I think card they're, game. They're
1: different. It's not. It's not a card game, and it's not a competitive card game or a collecting card game. It's. It's. it's a,
2: it kind of looked. You... It kind of looked like it to me. I don't know what. It definitely I don't has much a similar about the other aesthetic. Game. It's got. It's got. Yeah, but like everything about it seemed to be collect cards, build your unique pack. That pack of cards is going to be what you use in battles. Yeah,
1: I think you'd need to have played like Chain of Memories or Slayer of the Spire to fully understand it. They're very different
0: because it's definitely not similar to like a regular card game. Yeah, it's not. It's like it's like the card game is an element of the RPG. It's like it's like a
1: turn based RPG or it's almost rhythmic I guess you set up the cards to run out in a certain order if that's how it works this is how it worked in Chain of Memories you make your deck so let's say you want to do three three attacks one magic three attacks one magic you just you press A and you can press L and them, but you have like a pattern that you then created and then you draw the cards in order reshuffle your deck at the end then you go through it all again am I correct Pete am I yeah, yeah that's, right? that's the gist of it yeah
0: um, you are able to, like, shuffle through the cards yeah, that you've yeah. pulled and, like, use abilities at different times and stuff like that. But, yeah. like, it's essentially like, you know, if you're playing an RPG and you want to use your fire spell, you need to draw a fire spell. Yeah, so, like, yeah. it adds an element of strategy to RPGs because you have to build a deck that functions well. Like, it's it's, like, very similar to, like... The way you build like a Magic: The Gathering deck or something like that, where like you need to make sure that you have a good ratio of cards so that you're getting what you need when you need it.
2: Yeah. Okay. I mean, it sort of sounds to me like in Persona you would go into a battle, you've got your you've selected your party of characters, so maybe that's the heroes in in this game. Sure. And then. Or even Pokemon. It's the Pokemon you choose to take into battle with you. You've only got four. Those are the ones that you can take. And you know that you need those four and they're going to come out in a specific order those ones have the specific moves that are going to fight this person. Right, so it gives you that yeah. strategy element.
0: It's just that, like, the element of randomness that's added by it being a deck of cards versus, yeah. like, a selection of characters, like, does make it unique. And it switches up the way that the game flows. And it's it's a cool mechanic. Yeah. I think the thing for me, though, is I've never played any of the SteamWorld games. And, I mean, like, not. the aesthetic just doesn't really appeal to me. Like, it... I don't know. This is one I'm... I, I like card like deck building games and there hasn't been a like a good deck building rpg that i've played in a while so it's definitely something i'm interested in like because of the mechanics but i just i just don't know there's this for whatever reason the steam world ip has never really appealed to me and uh i just don't know if this is going to be the thing that gets me in the door but you know max it seems like you're into them it seems like you'll play it so if you get your hands on it and tell me that it's really good Maybe I'll give it
1: a shot. It's nice to play it's nice to see a game something like Chain of Memories that I've only ever seen one at a time, and that was Slay the Spire. Because like you said a second ago, it's not a card game as much, but it's definitely a deck building game. You draft decks, you build decks, um which it shares with trading card games, but there isn't the whole sort of um trading card game element where you you know, lay your monsters down and you're trying to battle hit points off each other. You know, you you your card are individual attacks, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that is unique that makes it unique among this sort of game and it's it's something that uh there aren't a lot of and if they nail it it's definitely something that I think there's an audience for this kind of game because people who play those games like them and they're hungry for them so it's it's one to keep an eye out for for sure it's coming this year
1: right be, there's no release date it's just 2019 TBD 2019 yeah, yeah so we'll we'll see when it comes out they've been working on it for at least because they did a, a tweet poll 2017 late 2017 saying what would you like us to work on next and they had a list of genres and the top one that was picked was rpgs and they said that it was sort of definitely directly inspired by that So they've only really been working on the game for like just over a year um so i wouldn't actually expect it till maybe like the latter half of this year yeah i i think based on what you've just laid
0: out that it if it comes out in 2019 it'll probably be a late 2019 game but i could see it slipping to 2020 if they've only been working on it for that long yeah i mean they, it they... did look pretty far along though Yeah,
1: like well, like well.
2: Yeah, yeah. but those vertical slices—they always look good.
0: So you never know. Um, But yeah, definitely, definitely one to keep an eye out for, and it's one that uh, you know we'll uh, we'll have to have Max back on the show
1: to talk about when it's out. Yeah, definitely, I'd love to. I will definitely give it a go, and I'll tell you all about it, and I'll bore you all with how it fits in with the law and how it flips. I don't know. I'll I'll bore you all with some words.
0: Yay. (laughs) No, but uh, in all seriousness, Max, uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Um, I'm glad we finally were able to get you in on an episode um, because you're regularly very busy when we record the show. Yeah. Uh, But I'm glad we finally got you in on one of these episodes and uh, we'll have to have have you back on again soon.
1: Yeah, it was a really horrible experience. I'll definitely love to do it again.
0: Oh, great. Okay, great. (laughs)
1: You're lovely I mean not,
0: now you're getting the true pixel par experience. Exactly, you know? yeah. Uh so yeah, thanks again for joining us, Max. You know, go check out Max's work over at loops.com. He is you know, he's he's always doing something over there. I don't know <laughs> what, but he's doing something. So <laughs> uh and remember if you want to connect with us, write in to let us know what your favorite game from the indie highlight was. Uh, you can hit us up at podcast at LootPots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at LootPots.com. Follow at loopots on Twitter or visit us at looppots.com. That's going to wrap it up for episode 15 of the podcast. We love you very much, and we will see you next week.